Welcome to Tiny Town Library. Thanks for joining us. We're coming to you straight out of the library with town news, community updates, book recommendations, and an interview with a local person of interest. My name is Bonnie. I'm the director of the Daylin Memorial Library, and with me today is Joanne Kitchell, our children's program director. Hello there. Amy Wyman, our interlibrary loan specialist. Hello. And back in the house, Madison Safer, our producer. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, I will throw myself under the bus and say that uh, in my life, I rarely delegate activities 100% to somebody, and I delegated the production of the podcast to you. Never learned or bothered to edit or anything, and then I found myself without my producer, and we could not do the podcast without you. So uh, you are essential to thank the <laughs> And thank you for circling back uh, to teach us how to do our own podcast. Um, I am going to add it to my LinkedIn page that after I learn how to do all this, I'm a podcast producer. But as of right now, Get on it, Lacey. we need you. Thanks for coming back <laughs> for this course. special visit. And we have so many questions for you, but we're going to save it. We're going to speed through this podcast so our listeners can recap from June to the current. This is a challenge for one hour. I'm already over talking, so I'm going to get right to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Town Crier uh, segment of the podcast is always to share the news of town. But we've got to go back to our last episode at the end of June, and we're going to start with the summer reading program recap, which we could spend an hour talking about how great summer was. But on your mark, get that go, Joanne. What happened this summer? Okay, we had a great uh, summer reading program. We were back outside. Uh, Stephen O'Keefe, a wonderful patron, and his family uh, gave us a donation. We were able to purchase a beautiful tent, so all of our programming was outside. It was glorious. We had about 200 kids sign up and participate all summer long. We did have quite a bit of rain toward midsummer. Bummer. It was a bummer and by the end of the summer I felt a little bit like I was in a barnyard just because <laughs> it was so muddy underneath but we had rugs and we, we did it but I, I can't believe the amount of rain we've had this year. Um, and we started the summer, I remember saying to you over and over, we are so blessed by the weather gods. Like uh, We were. The kickoff in June, it was mm-hmm. so, warm so warm early. So. Well, and we did have great weather. There, were, there was one program I just could not reschedule. Every time I, we wanted to go see a llama farm, and every time we <laughs> oh, rescheduled, right. more rain, 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 rain. But that was the only thing that we couldn't do. So I think it was a great success. I was really happy. A lot of new kids in town. Um, we read a lot of books. We had a lot of fun together. Over 200 kids registered this summer. Yeah, and we had record numbers register in the beginning. Normally, we you know it takes a couple months to get to that 200 mark, but we had 200 almost out of the gate, and we kept those kids all summer, so it was exciting. And then I worked with the school. Um, we did a little... Um, a little competition to see which classroom could read the most over the summer and that was the fourth grade the fourth grade mm-hmm. in Mount Congrats. Vernon Village School rocks it they win everything so kudos to you fourth parents grade. if you've got a fourth grade child they are awesome so I went into the classroom just just last week uh, with Patty Garrity their their librarian at the school and we did a fun program with the fourth grade awesome kids so excellent that's it. um i thought the best part of summer was your teen program for mm-hmm. me stepping that's out right. into the tent during the um teen art 
you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we, we wrote a grant um, to have a teen arts program where I got uh, five different artists in town. We Mount Vernon is blessed with a lot of creativity and talent. We have a lot of artists in town. And I had five different artists come and teach a different um, medium for, for the kids. And so we had jewelry making, pottery, illustration, painting. Here was woodworking day. Yeah, woodworking. Exactly. Inside, all we heard were hammers, hammers, hammers. Like <laughs> yeah, it was. I'm not a good hammerer. It was it was so fun it's to go out difficult. there. The energy was really high. I Laughter, conversation, and that was just the birdhouse one was, you know, all of them were good. So. We had a great time. We had a great, great time. Uh, mission accomplished on the grant because it was to socialize the children and get them away from their devices. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a post-Zoom first-time teen program where we came together, and it was a huge success. So thank you for your extra efforts and for the artisans who volunteered their time. Our community educators continue to support the library. Yeah, they're awesome. It was wonderful. I hope I can do something like that again. I think we budgeted for it. Mm -hmm. I put in for that same $500 Mm -hmm. uh, because I told the trustees that without that budget line, it's the money isn't there. So uh, they saw the positive, you know, efforts and I if it gets passed, you're going to get $500 next summer. So Excellent. It's good for the kids. I mean, when you start to get teens and preteens, they start to feel a little bit like they're maybe too old to come and do the crafts at the library, which is complete false, false. falsity because, um, you know, these are the same crafts that anyone could do, a, a grown-up or a little kid. You just mm-hmm. kind of true. Um, work it into their skill level and it's so good for for people of all ages to practice creativity yeah so um moving on from summer we rolled back to school with i'll do the covid report um adults now can get their boosters and the kids just this week five to eleven right five to eleven five to eleven can get vaccinated so in september they went back to in-person school. I know this is like really reminding, we just take this all for granted, but mm-hmm. in-person school, no more virtual settings and everybody, we've had no problems, am I right? Amy, you're a better tracker of the school health. Um, I look at the SAU uh, homepage every once in a while and you know, there've been a smattering of cases here, a few cases there, nothing nothing that I would consider. Like Protocols are all still in place. Or, yep, yep, everything's still. Yeah, we're still. masked. I go to kindergarten again. Mm-hmm. Still shut down to adults in the building, so keeping it, you know, pretty tight in there with the kids. I believe that the new that there are certain volunteers that can come in. I'm one of them. Oh well, look at you. And um, fancy that. I'm so fancy, and <laughs> and so the masks are still there, and nice. and. We also know. have new leadership at the village school, Town Crier right. News. Mm-hmm. We got a new principal, so Kim Sarfi, who had been on the podcast before. Uh, moved on to a bigger, better position as an assistant, assistant superintendent, superintendent. Yeah. in Nashua, um, which left an opening at a terrible time, July mm-hmm. during the summer, and when they didn't think they would be able to get anyone to kind of look at this position. But turns out we got a fantastic principal. Mm-hmm. I was on the selection committee. It was so exciting. Good job. Um, candidates came in and interviewed, and I told Tom this. That's his name. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing. Lechliner. Is it Lechliner? Lechliner. I Lechliner. I got to ask him in person. Lechliner. 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 
Yeah, I just he, call him Principal Tom. He was Tom. outstanding in his um, interview, starting with really good tie and socks. It's important presentation. <laughs> but also he had great energy and just sounded like a super collaborator, which I think that school I needs think, right yes. now. Yes. Mm-hmm. Getting all those teachers together, working as a family again, and then working with the town. So we've been invited multiple times to events over there. He is opening the door to the community um, in many ways, but having, you know, I saw the police were over serving lunch yesterday and the librarians were invited to the Halloween parade. So he's doing a good job and uh, we'll hope to have him on the podcast in the future. So mm-hmm. new principal for town and then rolling into October, our favorite month at the <laughs> library because what happens in October, Miss Tran? I can't remember. There's a holiday. Mm. <laughs> it's called Halloween. Woo-hoo! <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> what? I know it. All right, in 100 like words a or less, bit. recap Halloween for everybody. Okay. Um, perfect weather. Uh, we were able to have a perfect traditional Halloween from 6 to 8. Um, I help facilitate candy collection for our, our little town. We had pretty good candy collection. Not enough milk duds. Can I just put uh, it out to our audience? Could there just be one or two more bags? Yeah. Only one bag of Almond Joys. Now, wow. are you thinking of me when you're donating? I don't think <laughs> they're thinking of you. So many Kit Kats and Reese's. That's fine. It's don't be fine. average. I know. I know. I'd like to put in a request for vegan chocolate, please. Vegan <laughs> chocolate? Is there a thing? Oh, I don't know. No, no, no it's totally not. Terrible for children. For it has to be filtered out right away for well, staff. Well, it was, it was great. We have um, our usual witches that get together. Um, and deliver the candy the week before so that the village can have candy confidence, which is very important. When I first moved to town, there was no candy confidence. So it was low. Candy confidence was low. So the village folk would have to spend a considerable amount of money to... Crippling. It was crippling. Yeah, I know. I like that Hundreds word. of dollars. Hundreds of dollars. Right before Christmas. So, um, you know, what was a girl like me to do? I wouldn't. I couldn't afford to buy a new skeleton every year if I was buying hundreds of dollars worth of candy. Um, I did mention that to the selectmen, that if you provide the majority of the candy, which is nice, then they have more funds to spend on the creative part. There were right, so many right. creative porches this year. Oh, lots of good stuff. Such yeah. good stuff. So yeah. that tells me that Main Street is happy. Uh, with the candy confidence, and they're mm-hmm. willing to spend their money on. There was a tricker or a haunted house. Mm-hmm. There was tons of skeleton scenes. How about and the um, lady uh, Cindy that did the it field? Oh yeah, Amy, tell field. you were trick or treating. Yes. What was that? So um, it was the house on the very corner of the Francis Town Turnpike and Main Street. The one, the little yellow one that's kind of tucked out. Uh, the Bannons used to and, live there. Yes, mm-hmm. right. Uh, um, Cindy lives there. So um, she had in the grassy area next to her house, so instead of like walking up to the door like you usually would, it was all really well lit and it's the grassy area next to her house was just filled with red helium balloons. Incredible. And the candy was attached to each of the balloons. And then there was a creepy clown in the middle and a sign that said, you know, beware, it lives here or something like that. And then she also did have a bowl if a children didn't want a balloon or if they thought it was too scary they could get candy from the bowl 
but oh, I saw a ton of kids walking around with so, so many red balloons. So many red came balloons came in here. I thought it was a click thing. I, mm-hmm. So the first group was oh. a bunch of I'm going to say teenage girls, all dressed in black and white as characters, and they had the red balloons. I'm like, cute. You can find each other. And then more red balloons came in. More red balloons. I'm like, yeah. Who is giving? This is creepy. That house should get a prize. They should get a prize. Breaking rights for yeah. best use. Um, I also love the Vintons because. Mm-hmm. We went around to see if people wanted candy this year because you can you can decline candy and it's nice to know ahead of time we're not going to drop off ten bags of candy if to you're you. not in town. Not mm-hmm. So we bumped into Drew Vinn. Um, his house is next to the Village Inn and or the Mount Vernon Inn, and they always have a Christmas tree on their porch lit. They always mm-hmm. have Christmas lights. So I said, Hey, can you work it into Halloween and be Mr. and Mrs. Claus and play music and get out your decorator? It'd be so funny. And he kind of went, mm. and I thought, Oh, they're not going to do it. They dressed up as Mr. and Mrs. Claus, but leaned in as like the Grinch version of Santa Claus. And they decorated a little fireplace with a you know mantle, and but they had skeletons. I thought it was so, and it was just a suggestion, but ten out of ten for the Vintons this year. It was very good. I think that um, basically people were so happy to get out for a celebration. Mm-hmm. The weather so couldn't have been night. more perfect. Yep. And there were so many people. Most people in the village either ran out of candy or right to the end. Who gave money at the end? Um, oh Scott Foster <laughs> was giving out money. Um, oh Here's a quarter. We just, we just had so many people. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they were all Mount Vernon residents. I would say almost 100% of the children I knew. I sit on my, I live on Main Street, and Charlene Brown, who is a rock star of a teacher at the village school that everybody knows and loves, also hands out candy with me. So if I didn't know a child, she certainly did. That's a good team. And mm-hmm. um, so I just know it's, it's um, other other people from other towns don't want to come up to our town. Mm-hmm. This is our our town's event, and it was a spectacular, joyful occasion. I will so. plug the Friends of the Library. Mm-hmm. They moved forward early and committed to funds to purchase Halloween treats because mm-hmm. we don't give candy away here. We give away toys. And um, it's $500. You know, it's a good chunk of money. Mm-hmm. And we had Charlotte Pepper this year. She's in seventh grade. Uh, we gave her the she budget next door, and the Oriental Trading you know website and said, help us pick and so she did so she did all of the choices She's awesome that, yes so with a little guidance because you know you don't know what goes and what doesn't goes but there was a lot of skulls there was a lot of whoopee cushions it was fun so a lot i think of snakes I lots of snakes down my way. yeah not as much glow in the dark stuff but it is expensive to do the glow mm-hmm. and now with this year's turnout it makes me a little bit nervous about a half hour in, Mary Catherine McNamara, one of our volunteers, it was her and Meg Baker, the president of the Friends, they, they're behind the tables controlling the take one. And Mary Catherine yelled out to me, I was at the front door doing the count, and she said, we're running out already, and it was only a half hour in. Mm-hmm. But it did feel that way. You got yeah. nervous that, yeah. because wow. the crowd right away at the first half hour. There were so many. Well, I, I put my candy in a big cauldron. And after the first half hour, Charlene Brown said, "Slow down, lady," because I like to, I like to, <laughs> you know, give out a, kind of a lot. And so we did back it up, and and the neighbor ran out of candy. They came and sp- scooped some up from us. And our water tower, we have a water tower, we give out candy. They ran out too and came and scooped some out for us. So um, next, you say year, water tower like it's not a theatrical production of awesomeness, but the owlry where your husband and son put on a show for mm-hmm. everybody it was 
like a magazine. I mean, it looked like Disney on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that water. It's hard to describe in a podcast, but Mm -hmm. basically, you walk up to a show. A skeleton is dancing. You're giving out treats at a second stop right next to your house, so it's double trouble at Mm -hmm. your corner. But thank you for that extra effort. You are welcome. It's our pleasure. It's our extreme pleasure. All right, moving on. That was a lot of talk about Halloween. All right, I'm going to do a quick new library report because everybody asks me all the time, what's going on with the new library? Oh, but don't forget, Bonnie. What? What We've got another story at the pond. you got to get down to the pond. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Cal. Well, we just we do have our story walk up at the pond, and who knows how long we can keep going with it with Forever. winter. Mm. <laughs> but I think I will keep going on even through winter, and you'll just have to maybe tamp down the walk. Get your snowshoes with your on. Snowshoes. Right. But yeah, the new a new story called In the Woods is up. We just put it up this week, so get out there and see it before we switch over. I was surprised to, to see that one of the animals that's showcased in the story is the Fisher cat because before I moved to New Hampshire, who even knew what a Fisher cat I was? I didn't know what it was. Mm. Right. So there's a little poem about a Fisher cat. It should say, "Screams bloody murder in the woods." No, <laughs> I'm not sure. There's a word that rhymes with that. <laughs> um, that was a donation from the King family, correct? And Bruce Schmidt helped you yeah. install it this summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if we talked about it in the last podcast. Uh, but um, I don't for know, sure, that's lovely. Many thanks to the Conservation Commission also for allowing us to set that up. But it's turned into a destination. I know that Jill Kamita sends me a picture every time they go, which is quite often. Mm-hmm. And we've been sharing that, um, you know, kind of as a 24 7 activity. You can go down mm-hmm. to any. And the pond is lovely. It's looking good lately. The water is up, it's super clean. We've had so many geese friends yeah. in so, that pond. It's coming around. Nice. Coming around. Okay. All right. Did I forget anything else? I don't think so. All right. New library report. So uh, the foundation, which is the vehicle for raising money for this project, which we all know the pace of the project is based on the success of the fundraising. We are not going to get this library unless we raise, you know, as much money as possible. Mm -hmm. So that's what the commitment is right now of the library trustees and the foundation. And the foundation spent their entire summer writing a humanities grant. So this is a huge grant. It had a 26-page um, direction sheet on how to apply. Can did you, you have fun? Imagine? Did you have fun? I did not fun. And I, I if, we, if we get the grant, I'll say it was the best time I spent in the summer. And mm-hmm. if we don't get the grant, I'll say, I wasted my whole summer. <laughs> I only went to the beach once. I'll be so whiny. But um, you got to be in it to win it. It is such a complicated federal grant that how many people could have applied for this? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. So. It's a good chance at getting up to $600,000 towards the project. It's a matching challenge. So if we get this grant, everything we've raised um, will be matched. And that includes uh, Sherry Conyers donation. Because technically, even though she gave it a long time ago, it hasn't gotten into the bank account of the foundation because of legalities and all the stuff that you have to do for tax reasons. So as soon as it's transferred to the bank account of the foundation, that's the start of Mm. we received. So if it falls within that grant period, then they will match it three to one. So that's wow. a huge amount of money towards the project. So we're really excited about that opportunity. It was tough. And um, the library trustees have re-engaged with the architects to start looking at the vision for the exterior mm-hmm. of the building and what the landscape will look like. Because we have to get prices for that too. It's not just right. what the inside of the building looks like or what the building is going to cost, but all the other parts so that we are accurately estimating how much this project will cost. So Joanne was at that meeting. The landscape designer came in and laid down the most amazing photographs of what we could do up there with the 10 acres lot. And I know people are very concerned that the cornfield is going to be destroyed and it's not going to be beautiful up there. 
That is not what we saw. What we saw were images of beautiful stone walls, very New England, mm -hmm. natural meadows, um, paths that would lead to the pond. And um, like mowed, mowed paths. So very, very natural, soft. Very natural, soft and mm -hmm. beautiful. And it was exciting. Um, they even had images of what that front event lawn might look like and mm -hmm. what the children's garden might look like. And very specifically talked to Joanne about like the function of that children's garden. Like what will you use it for and what, what would you want in there? Um, so the attention to detail is excellent. They're such good listeners. So we had had a bump in with the, with the landscape designer in the backyard. And I'm not kidding. She must have had a recorder on mm -hmm. us because she hit everything we talked about. And I, I thought, wow, that's just good work. Mm -hmm. And then we met with the interior designer, the whole staff and the library trustees and the building committee chair, um, chair John Quinlan and selectman Howard Brown went. And we met for the first look at what the interior of the library could look like. So we've had these kind of flat pictures of, yep, okay, this room and that room and circulation desk. But then they made it 3D and they put out the color palettes mm -hmm. of potentially, you know, what the colors could look like on the inside and then also the materials. So we had that low, medium, high pricing and um, they wanted us to pick parts of the building. Like where would you want, you know, maybe more money spent? So like the adult reading room is, is you know, Sherry Conyers donation is really dedicated to that room and they want it to be really beautiful. So maybe there'll be some built-in shelving there and it would be hardwood floors with some kind of, you know, beautiful tables and furniture. So maybe a little more money spent there versus, I don't know, what was the part that we didn't spend a lot of money on? Um, I don't know. Right, like they, they just kind of broke it down to mm -hmm. say, like maybe the bathroom tile, right? They're mm -hmm. like, all right, we can do this tile, this tile, or this tile, or we could do, you know, the, the tile choices were low, medium, high, and mm -hmm. depending on like, is this gonna be walked on a lot or a little bit? And a lot of consideration that this is gonna be a 100-year building, right? Mm -hmm. right? I heard that over and over. Like, this isn't a 20-year building that we'll be able to upgrade and flip. No, it, this is it. Like, this building's turning 113, and that building's gotta be the new library for 100 years. So I kind of love, same thing, really good listeners about classic styling. We don't wanna see anything 2021 in there. Mm -hmm. because um, it's going to have to last till 2,121. <laughs> right, right. So. right. You, it's, a, it's a job. You want it to be timeless, yes. not dated before you, it's even built. Yeah. I think so. everyone has uh, high hopes for the front porch and what that view is going to look mm -hmm. like, so no pressure on the landscape designer, but uh, that's super She's important. For it. She so it. here's the part where Masson's going to contribute. Mm -hmm. um, two major library projects just completed in New Hampshire, Peterborough Public Library and also the Northampton Library mm -hmm. and I went to visit both of them. Joanne and I did the, was it the opening day or the day after the opening? They did the, um, <clears throat> the ribbon cutting ceremony. The ribbon, was, was, which yeah. I, you know I have a huge girl crush on this project and I just could <laughs> not wait. I feel like I've been in the building a million times just from the awesome, you know, proposals that they shared and it is more than what I thought it was going to be, quite honestly. They did a fantastic job. They have done a fantastic job, and they also are very transparent about, you know, a lot of people have questions about the planning and the process, and everyone on the staff is very well educated about who the architects are and, um, you know, what the plans are and what different room functions are, and I think that's really helped people that are a little bit more incredulous about, do we really need a new library? I think the more questions that people could answer, the better people have felt about contributing to a new library if anyone here is you know on the fence of you know do we really need to upgrade i really recommend people checking out this new library because it's just fabulous like what you were saying about 
wanting something that is going to be lasting but still has a certain historical feel to it. Like when you drive up to it, you know, you don't see the modern side of it right away. You see the exterior of the original building and so many of the sentiments really echo what the original intention of that library is. It's just, it's a really beautiful space and I think it's really opened up the community's mind to see what a library can be. You know, we have mm -hmm. meeting rooms, we have study rooms, there's all of these features that it's really become more than just a place that books live, you know. People are able to, you know, meet as a community in a safe environment, especially during COVID. Um, you know, we have a lot of homeschool kids now that come every single day and use the meeting rooms wow. to have somewhere to just study, you know, be out of the house a little bit before they have to go back. Like, it's it's really completely transformed, I think, the community's mind of, of what the space can be used for. So it, they did a fabulous job. I think our first impression, walking across first the bridge is amazing. Yeah. The setting is gorgeous. You did not destroy the property. No. And I know people were worried about that patio, but you had it set up with all the chairs and the tent. It was like a wedding. Mm -hmm. and it was beautiful. We went from the front, the original front down to the patio first and came in the back door. And right on the wall is the donor wall, you know, yeah. and my name is on it. Yes. I only gave a hundred dollars yeah. mm -hmm. and I'm like forever my name. And like, that was like so moving to me. Yeah. And like, again, I've been cheering for this project and following it, but to have your every donor was there 940 some yeah. donors. Wow. Um, again, the pace of the project, you know, based on the success of the fundraising, which they nailed it. And then also that whole children's room mm -hmm. being segregated yeah. and have, it has a different flavor. And then you go upstairs and it feels loungy. Like today, I'm sure your patio is filled with people and that Absolutely. reading wall that kind of looks out over the river. It's just gorgeous. The yeah. meeting room, gorgeous. So yes, it's 16,000 square feet. Yes, it was an $8 million project, but I think it's a solid example yeah. to every library in New Hampshire. You know, like if you don't have a vision for the future of your library, go visit there. Absolutely. I mean, the needs of Peterborough are different than the needs of here. Every community is different. Which is why it'll be a smaller building, of course. Right. You know, it won't be nearly the same size, but they also have three times the amount of people that live there. But I think even just getting an understanding of you know, the different rooms and, and why it's important, like you said, to have a separate children's room, a separate adult room, so that, you know, the library can function as many different spaces all at the same time. You know, I, I can't recommend people, you know, whether you're fully supportive of this library project or if you're on the fence, it's, it's really just worth taking a, a peek at. I mean, there's um, a lot of windows you can see over the river and you get a beautiful view of the town of Peterborough. What a great third space in your life to go it's to. So beautiful. you're not at work, you're not at home. Yeah. Oh, you don't want to spend money either. Like it's awesome to shop in Peterborough, mm -hmm. but yeah. maybe you just want to go sit in the reading room, the yeah. historic reading room, <gasps> the fireplace, it's beautiful. such a good mm -hmm. job. I would want yeah. to hang out in there. And if people are unsure about sitting in public still because of COVID, like we have amazing ventilation systems, you know, it's a really safe environment to be able to sit, relax, study, whatever you need to do. And that's not something that you can always get in like a cafe or something. So right. once again, there's just so many features of why having a bigger library can be so beneficial to the community. I mean, there's nowhere here that you can, in town, that you can sit for free mm -hmm. or for not free right. inside <laughs> and use Wi-Fi. Like there's, it, there's just, you know, it's a great space. They did a fabulous job. And the community, I think, is already starting to see the benefits more programs, better spaces that are free to use, a bigger book collection. Like, 
everything. It's it's wonderful. All the gold. So, mm-hmm. um, if you didn't know, Madison is now yeah. working at the Peterborough <laughs> Library. Inside joke, we used to say, "I'm quitting and I'm going to go work at the Peterborough Library," mm-hmm. and she actually did. She so that wasn't your question. Right. Madison lives in Peterborough. It is right. so true. of course we're cheering for her. It's that the makes more She's sense. She's our spy. It's I more sense sense for her there. She's there. a mole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can walk. Can you walk there? I can. It's a three-minute walk. Oh, so perfect. Fantastic. It's perfect. Kudos to you. And we miss you terrible. But thank you for the report. It's, yeah. yeah, it's. I we see you on Instagram. I'm like, I know her. <laughs> I'm like, look at her behind the desk. I know her. <laughs> it's true. Are you strictly in the children's room or are you a floater? I'm strictly in the children's room. And, and mm-hmm. I really like being in that area. I mean, it's more of where my expertise is. Mm-hmm. And it's really fun. Like, you know... As you've said, it's it's really important to have a separate space because kids are like allowed to be goofy and loud, ask questions. They don't right. have to feel the pressure of keeping an inside voice. It's it's a lot of fun. It's more like this library in a lot of ways. It's not a quiet space, mm-hmm. and there's just a lot of room for them to be able to you know look ask questions, look for books. Be, be kids. So. Well, we took a lot of ideas from mm-hmm. the Peterborough space that can be incorporated into our building. And I know you looked at the space and said, I would do this, I wouldn't do this, mm-hmm. you know, and it gave us a chance to look at shelving heights and things. So thank you to the Peterborough Library. Yeah. I would kill to see what Joanne would do with that children's room. I mean, <laughs> they did a beautiful job, but Joanneified. Right. Know, so I will say that amazing. the architects of this project are allowing a lot of Joanne mm-hmm. into the. They gave really her are. the floor. They're talking about pouring a floor. I don't even know what that compound is. It's kind of rubberish thing. Mm-hmm. And you can use all colors. So, like, draw the floor and then we can work that in. And, like, ooh. But do you want to tell your theme for the focus of the new children's room? Enchanted Forest. Ooh. So. <laughs> I see greens and mushrooms and who knows what. I want right? a beautiful pea green boat, please. Ooh. ooh. It's going to be divine. So, <laughs> um, you can look forward to that. Also, the Northampton Library opened. And that is um, a much bigger library than I thought originally. I thought it was really similar to our size. And I walked in and I took the tour. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. And I got the fact sheet. said 12,000 square feet. And I was like, oh, because ours is only 7,600. Mm-hmm. 7, so what they, their community want, again, a ton of meeting rooms. So they had what I thought was too many meeting rooms. But she said the feedback from their community was more meeting rooms. So they had a meeting room for four, a meeting room for six, a meeting room for 12 a boardroom that had a fireplace and two chairs in case. And if I said, oh, is this where your trustees meet? Oh, no, they have to go to the town hall for live streaming. So they have a brand Um. new building with this beautiful boardroom. But that's not where they're doing their Hmm. meetings currently. But I'm sure that will change. Um, The only downsize of the Northampton Library that was, and I don't want to say sterile, but it, it, you kind of lose, we're going to lose this character a little bit unless we are very specific to say, you know, what we want. There was a lot of glass in that building, very modern, you know, flat walls, not a lot of fancy, so much glass, like glass everywhere. They designed it with a fishbowl staff room in the middle, and then they could see all rooms around, and that is from lack of staffing. So they've got a brand new building, but it's mm-hmm. only staffed with, let's say, three people, right? Mm-hmm. So I met the assistant director at the front desk. She had someone in the children's room and someone in uh, the director was in her office. So it's a lot of square footage to cover with three people. You have three levels at Peterborough. So yeah. something to consider staffing, you know, so we're a one-story 
looks like we're going to have a direct shot from the circulation desk into your space. So a lot of thought the architects are putting into making sure we can staff mm -hmm. it safely. So mm -hmm. um, we'll continue to look at other projects, but that's the update on New Library. A couple of programs for us going into the fall, Thanksgiving Centerpieces with Sue Reese. If you haven't signed up yet, we have just 10 spots. It's Bring Your Own Vase. And she wants you to go a little lower because you want to be able to see your guests at the table. Mm -hmm. And that's $25. She brings all the tools, all the flowers. Awesome. And then uh, we're doing a charity drive this year. I called down to share to see what we as a community could collect and distribute um, to kind of support them. And at the bottom of their donation list, it says underwear and socks are their highest need. I had no idea. So we are collecting new. Can I emphasize new? Yes. New, no. in the package, <laughs> um, underwear and socks, and it's for adult and children and teens. So I already went to the dollar store, simple, fun mm -hmm. holiday socks. We bought those for kind of help us with our display. Mm -hmm. um, but certainly if you're at Walmart, Target, Amazon, go ahead, yep. order packs of socks and underwear. And we're going to deliver that on December 6th. Better to get it out early. Don't wait till Christmas. Winter, it's coming, and they mm -hmm. need it right away. So uh, we're accepting donations at the door. Joanne made a darling display. There's a little baskets here. You can drop off socks um, by size and underwear by size. And then a uh, sneak peek into the holidays. We have been invited and have accepted the invitation to the PTA light show, which is called Lights in the Avenue, Avenue, of, Lights. Avenue of Lights. So they did it last year instead of Breakfast with Santa. They did an outdoor light show. It was super fun, mm -hmm. and they could use entries. So, Joanne, what are you bringing over to that to light up? We will bring our fabulous uh, mailbox where children can drop off their letters to Santa Claus. And we're going to make a big, uh, our display backdrop will be a big envelope. Mm. And then maybe we'll have the, the um, mailbox up on presents where you can walk up mm. and, and um, drop off your letter. Because if you drop off your letter in that magic mailbox... Santa will write back to you. Ooh, I wonder what he'd say if I asked for a new library. I think he'd say that you've been a very good girl. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm getting my letter ready. Um, that is Saturday, December 4th, uh, to kick off the holiday season. And there's no Messiah this year in Montferno. Right. So that would normally be that week. And Messiah right. has moved down to Milford. You could still go. It's December 5th. Our friend Mary Catherine is going to be But it's performing. a different Messiah. It's a different Messiah. It's not the same. But right. if you're looking for any Messiah... Mm -hmm. It's not the Mount Vernon Messiah. We're sad about that cancellation. Mm -hmm. um, but please do attend the PTA Light Show. It's not just for PTA community or no, it's for village the whole, It's for the whole community. Yeah, it's um, going. It's, it was really fun last year. I thought they did a great job. And They um, said the book fair is going to be open there, too. So right. maybe they'll have a little indoor and a little outdoor. They'll probably have cookies. They had cookies right. last time. Yeah, six, you can buy grade, cookies. The sixth grade, they're bringing back the cookie walk, but they're selling them Do you need donations? Oh, I think no. they will need donations. They're, they're going to put the call out for that very soon. The sixth grade is in charge of the cookies. Um, that's you. The, yes, I am a sixth grade. I support mom, your so that's fundraiser. Why I know. Um, and it's going to be it's going to be a walk through event rather than a drive through. Last I like year that was idea. a drive through. So this year you can walk through more detail, kind of, more detail, more right. time to see things. So Excellent. that's great. Um, another event that's coming down the pipe, which our special guest today is Becky Schwartz. Um, she's coming in. And she's going to talk a little more about this, but the Holiday Historic Walking Tour mm -hmm. um, down Main Street. I won't tell you anything about it because she's going to tell us about it. But that is Saturday, December 11th, which is also tree lighting. Mm -hmm. And somehow these two events are going to um, 
go back to back. So you're going to do a walking tour and then the lights are going to turn on out in front of town hall. And Heather was at department head last night and I heard a little, a little clue about the theme might be small town. I heard her say small town, but I didn't hear exactly what the activities she hasn't I think she's ironing those details yes she has not exposed what the night will be so um, I know she talked to the select board about whether it was going to be completely outdoors or half and half or the firemen were talking about doing chili inside the fire department so we'll have we'll just have to wait and see um, where that all goes but that is Saturday December 11th Mm -hmm. and then I have one final plug uh, before we go into Amy's segment which is Giving Tuesday Uh, The foundation is going to participate in Giving Tuesday again this year. It is Tuesday, November 30th, so it sounds a little early. Usually it's in December, Uh, but they're trying to capture donations. This this is a worldwide virtual donation day. You can donate to almost any organization on Giving Tuesday, but the foundation raised $10,000 last year um, on this one day thanks to Facebook matches and company matches. So uh, if you want to make a donation that day at 8 a.m., you might get a 100% match from Facebook. They're giving away $8 million in matching donations this year, 100% at 8 o'clock until $2 million is gone. And then for $6 million more, they'll do 10%. So like, you know, get $500 and then maybe $500 comes from Mr. Zuckerberg. That would be wonderful. The day before they turn to Meta. So we'll see how that goes. But um, Hmm. save your calendars and check out the foundation website. Because uh, that would be helping move the project forward. So, all right, we're moving on to Amy's recommendations. Right. Yeah, I've, I've got a whole page of books to talk about. So <laughs> we can't um, even talk about summer books if you didn't read. Oh my the gosh! Summer, yeah, summer, it's over. <laughs> there, there were there were lots of good books. Um, okay, so books that I've read in the last few months that I enjoyed. I'm just going to try to run through the list really quick. Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. You love. I love that. I love that. It was Booker nominated. It was on the short list. Um, but she lost to Damon Galgut's book, The Promise. So, great um, which, circle. Great circle. Maggie Shipstead. Um, epic story, historical fiction um, about a female aviatrix, fictional female aviatrix, whose goal is to circumnavigate the globe from pole to pole. Um, and then there's also a modern component. All right, I'm talking. I have to stop. <laughs> All right, next book, Paper Palace, The Paper Palace by Miranda Cooley. Um, that was kind of like a family drama sort of story happened in the past story happened now i just i really loved it reese witherspoon pick was it one of hers yeah it was it was really good i really really enjoyed that falling by tj newman um total thriller um there's it's a an airline flight the the main character is the pilot on the plane um he has sort of been hijacked he's basically being bribed Um, i read this one the he is supposed to crash the plane or the people have his family and they'll, they'll kill his family if he doesn't crash the plane. And so it's the whole book happens during the flight and it's it's what's happening with the FBI on the ground trying to protect his family Ooh, and it's what's happening with his with his flight crew in the air. And yeah, definitely it was a nail biter and there's a good twist and um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, the Windsor Knot by S.J. Bennett. This is the first book in a new series. So this is um, a fictional Queen Elizabeth who um, solves mysteries. So imagine, um, you know, Hercule Poirot, but instead of Hercule Poirot, it's the Queen Mother. Do we or the Queen? I do. I don't believe we do. Um, so it, the first one just came out this year. I want to say maybe in March, and I think the next one is probably due out 
sometime in the next year. It was very entertaining, very witty, really well written, funny. I listened to the audiobook, which was charming because then you get the the British accents and the person that did the Queen was was very good. Um, next book, Good Company by Cynthia Dapri Sweeney. She wrote The Nest. Some people might remember that book from a few years back. That's a beautiful cover um, too, Good Company. Yes, yep, yeah, and it does have another beautiful cover. Um, more family drama stuff. I think she is really good at writing about family relationships and interpersonal relationships. I wonder why. Um, hmm, yeah. <laughs> so that was, it was um, another book I just really enjoyed. Um, For Your Own Good by Samantha Downing. And this was kind of a, kind of like a thriller, mystery, set at a private school, um, and you, you're, you're getting little slices of all of these characters, and you're not really sure who, so someone's been murdered, and two different people think that they're the same, they're the one that accidentally, or maybe not so accidentally, killed this person, um, and the story kind of goes from there, and it's, it's very twisty, it's not really dark, I wouldn't say it was funny though, um, but just really well paced, very entertaining. Um, the next book, <laughs> ringling. <laughs> the next book is *The Plot* uh, by Jean Hamp Corellitz, and this is another um, total thriller. It's kind of like a a book within a book. So the the story is about an author who scoops another person's plot idea, Ew. their story. And they took it without realizing kind of all of the history attached to what was behind this story. And, and they've kind of unwittingly wandered into the drama of this person's life by stealing their plot and stealing their story. Um, totally loved it. Just blew through that one. Um, another, I, I've, I, have jokingly said to my husband that uh, 2021 is the year of the thriller. I apparently just can't get enough of like thrillers this year, whether it's a psychological thriller or more suspense. Um, Verity by Colleen Hoover. And I know you and I talked about that. It's on, it's on TikTok all the time. And the 20-somethings love it. Yeah. It's got a huge twist. Totally didn't see it coming. Who's that? Jaw-dropping. Name? Colleen Hoover. They want to read everything that she's written. And apparently mm-hmm. she's written some other, you know, other books as well. And I've just, she's right. not been on my radar. And then the one other book, um, I finally got caught up on my Kristen Hanna. And just in the last month, I read both The Great Alone and The Four Winds. And I liked The Great Alone much better than The Four Winds, just subject-wise. It resonated with me more. Um, so I wanted to mention that. If you haven't, still haven't read The Great Alone, it's definitely worth reading. So that's everything that I've read recently that I liked that I would recommend. That's um, That's, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta winnow it down. You should really read more. I should. I know. Time for that. <laughs> what can I say? Um, okay, so books that are October, November, new releases, and then one September release. Um, Matrix by Lauren Groff came out in September, and that's she wrote Fates and Furies and The Monsters of Templeton, both of which I've read and loved. And I did read The Matrix and loved it. Um, I don't want to say too much about it because it's it's a very unique, very different book, but definitely worth reading. It's short, too. It's not a big book. Um, October 5th, The Lincoln Highway by Amor Tolls came out. It's massive. Oh. It's, yeah, it's like, what is it, six or 700 pages? It's yeah. a big book. It's a big book. So that is new. 
Um, High hopes for that, too. Mm -hmm, Everybody mm -hmm. loved Gentlemen in Moscow. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's... Um, there's a book called My Monticello by Jocelyn Nicole Johnson, and it's a it's a collection of short stories. And I, I don't I think the one that the title comes from, it's kind of it's set in. Um, oh, I'm not going to get it right. It's 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 something about slavery in the Civil War, but I, I I'm I'm not remembering it exactly right. But it's like it's there's a there's a twist. Um, but it it sounded really interesting. Um, another book that's like a Victorian gothic dark, it was a dark and stormy night sort of book, The Death of Jane Lawrence by Caitlin Starling. Um, it looked really intriguing, like a good book to curl up with on a rainy night and a cup of tea. So those are all, those all came out October 5th. October 12th, Louise Penny's book that she wrote with Hillary Rodham, Rodham Clinton, State of Terror, that came out. Um, Alice Hoffman's latest book, The Book of Magic, which ends the um, Practical Magic I've series. I've never read that series. i got to get that's, on that next I'm time. reading Magic Lessons right now. That's, I think that's oh, the one that I have. Mm -hmm. I haven't started it, but it's, in, it's, it's almost like at the top prequel. of my pile. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. I'm so enjoying it. She's, she's kind of, she wrote Practical Magic, and then she wrote, um, shoot, I can't, The Book of Magic, which was like a whole generational prequel and then she wrote Magic Lessons, which I think tells, tells the story of the original ancestors. Mm -hmm. And then the Book of Magic picks up where Practical Magic left off and then finishes the story. Nice. So I think I've got that right. Um, October 19th, Elizabeth Strout published O. William, which that's part of, um, shoot, Anything is Possible and My Name is Lucy Barton. So it's the same group of characters. I actually heard someone refer to O. William as a second sequel to My Name is Lucy Barton. So it's not, maybe not the third, it is the third book in that world, but not necessarily continuing what anything is possible. It's super short. It's, it's all the same people. Well, and all three of those were. They're, right. they're, you know, they're, they're short books. Um, November. So I don't often talk about nonfiction, but on November 2nd, a book called Immune, A Journey into the Mysterious System that Keeps You Alive by Philip, I think it's Detmer. It's either Detmer or Petmer. I have it um, on It looks fascinating. Mm -hmm. And I just personally for me, I've had a lot of um, health autoimmune related stuff in the last year. And I would just love to get my hands on that It could be in book. the mailbox right so now today. Be, there we go. <laughs> I haven't gotten the mail yet. And then today, actually just today, uh, Lily King's book, Five Tuesdays in Winter, came out. So much press on that. It's a collection of short stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm normally not a short story person, but I really like her writing, so I'll definitely have to read that. Um, and she wrote Euphoria and um, Writers, Writers and Lovers, Lovers right. which it's funny. Like, I read Writers and Lovers during the Stay at Home it. last year, and I remember reading it and going, eh, okay, but I still think about it. I still think about that book, so I think I really enjoyed it more than I thought I did. Um, it was so. a traumatic time. It yeah. was also yeah. my first book at when we got sent home to COVID, and I thought, what a great book to kick it off. But mm -hmm. like, you were kind of like, ah, damaged. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, what yeah. did I read? So, but I feel like okay, Lily King. I'll I'll read I'll read more mm -hmm. of her, and then for upcoming releases on November twenty third, Anne Patchett has a collection of essays. Uh, is it essays or short stories? Well, either way, called These Precious Days. And I love her. I would I would read anything she wrote. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's got a really cute picture of a dog on the cover. Um, 
Go Tell the Bees That I'm Gone, Diana Gabaldon's oh, next book, comes also true. comes out on November 23rd. Don't expect anything from anybody on the 24th so. and 25th. They're busy. <laughs> well, and it, I'm, it's so sad. I've been, I started. November 23rd? I yep, want to get that the airport. Oh my gosh, right. That's everyone's gonna be reading that. Yep, yep. I'm still working on rereading. I like to reread all the books in that series. How on earth can you do that? (sighs) It takes a while and I'm just not there. I'm still on Voyager. So but but I'll get there. Um, I already have it. Do you think it'll be back ordered? Do you think that'll be backward? I don't know. I pre ordered it already. I I um I signed up for the the night before on the twenty second. She's doing uh like a webcast, you know, virtual book. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting Event. two copies for here because it's going to be everyone's going to. It'll be popular, it. yeah, and I'm sure it's enormous. Mm-hmm. So there are, her books are always huge. Yeah, it'll it'll take a while, and then um, two more books. Well, three more really. Um, <laughs> sorry, uh, November thirtieth, the Jody Pico's next book, "Wish You Were Here," comes out, which apparently is all kind of pandemic related. She wrote it during the pandemic, um, so that should be good and then on december 7th a history of wild places by shay earnshaw that's the last upcoming release i wanted to mention and then the one other book that i didn't get to mention it over the summer because we didn't do a podcast um charlotte mcconaughey who wrote migrations which was one of my favorite books that i read last year she has a new book out this year it came out in august called once they were once there were wolves and I, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I have Ooh, I the, I have the um, audiobook on hold on Overdrive. I think I've still got, I don't know, at least six weeks to wait. Um, but that's coming. And I've heard a lot of good things about it. So that's, that's the last book I want to mention. So, phew. Thank okay. you. <laughs> um, just to update people on Overdrive, switching to the Libby app, what do you know about that? Right. It's, so over the last few years, they've kind of said, Hey, we've got Libby. It's this great new app. It's more user friendly. If you use ebooks, there's a there's a dyslexic font. There's all these other features. It's easier to use. But then there are people like me that are like diehard. You have, you're gonna have to pry OverDrive out of my cold dead hands. Um, so they've just kind of said, okay, you know, yep, keep using OverDrive. Keep using Libby. It accesses all the same information. It's you know if if you, you can have both on your phone. You're not double dipping. It it still is knows your limit um but now they're kind of finally like okay folks this is really it so we're so, not going to see overdrive anymore in the app store no more right logo. starting in january okay it's so it's officially it's officially being phased out starting okay, now in january. all your reserves and holds those will just completely it'll just already be on libby yep, you don't have it's, to start over yep all right that was my nervousness and right? i think initially that was not the case and that was part of my hesitancy because if i've already got I usually always have five things on hold in Overdrive, and I space things out so that I don't get five books all at the same time. So I didn't want to switch to Libby because then I would have lost the book that I've been already waiting two months for. Right. But I guess they figured that out at some point. I didn't really keep Maybe track. Maybe we'll do a little drop-in session to learn about Libby. Mm-hmm. If you're nervous, and maybe we'll do it all together. It'll be like a support group. Right. <laughs> Are you nervous about switching? We'll Libby? hold your hand as you transition. Right. Yeah. Um, also, I'll plug Hoopla uh, as a mm-hmm. place you can find books because so easy. Great. the ARPA grant funds came through during mm-hmm. the summer. And luckily, our library already owned a tent because that's what most libraries spent their money on. So mm. their ARPA grant funds went to outdoor furnishings, outdoor tents, and we already had that. So I was able to 
take our $1,287 that was allocated specifically to our library um, and put it all towards Hoopla so that we can still afford to give the level of service that we're giving. Mm. Um, you can check out four things per library card per month and we're averaging, the town is averaging about $200 a month for Hoopla services. Um, mm. If that number goes up and people start using it more, we'll need a little bit more money. So the, it's a per price checkout on everything. Right. And for we, us, not, yeah. for, not for the patron. Right, not for the patron, but uh, we have to budget for it. So those grant right. funds really give us confidence that we have enough money for Hoopla. But start using it. I always check there first because it's on demand. You never know. I just right. used it yesterday. I am yep. listening to the Andrew Carnegie autobiography. It's so interesting. And would I have bought that in a book? No. Um, it's awesome to hear it in not his voice, but the narrator, you know, makes you feel like you're listening to him. And Hoopla had it, right? I, mm-hmm. It would have been $14 on Audible and it was not available on Overdrive immediately, so mm. um, it was nice, but Very yeah, good. so check out Hoopla. And we are to the end of our recommendation segment, and we're waiting for our interview, um, so we're going to put it on pause, and we'll be right back with Becky Schwartz. Welcome back. I'd like to welcome our guest speaker today, our recently appointed lady, as the chair of the Heritage Commission and the chair of the Historic District Commission, Miss Rebecca Schwartz. Welcome. Thanks for coming in. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so really glad that you agreed to come to our fun podcast. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Good, good. We have questions that we ask everyone, and then we have certain other questions that we ask different people. But this is a question we ask everyone. Please tell us. How did you land in Mount Vernon? People want to know. Well, it's the most exciting story ever. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, my husband and I were living in Amherst in a two-bedroom home with two children. So my husband converted our second very large bedroom into two bedrooms, and it was just about the time that he put the finishing touches on it that I announced that I was pregnant with our third child. Mm -hmm. So we needed a bigger house, and we wanted to get a little more country. My husband was born, well, grew up in Brookline, so he wanted more of that rural feel. Did he know about Mount Vernon? He is born and raised in New Hampshire, so he he definitely knew. I knew um, of Mount Vernon, but I've lived in six different states, and Mm -hmm. I grew up in North Carolina and didn't really know anything about Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. But now that we're here, uh, I absolutely love it. I've fallen in love with this little town and Mm -hmm. just want to be as involved as I possibly can. Well, you certainly have jumped in with both feet. You are a really good asset to our town, so thank you for all the things you do. Thank you. So, please, could you educate our listeners about the Heritage Commission? So the Heritage Commission was formed in order to um, ultimately raise grant funds to, or any funds, to restore the town hall building mm-hmm. um, without the tax burden on the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we are currently working on is um, multiple different fundraising opportunities. Um, 
this year alone, we've had the Valentine's raffle that we did. We, oh, I was a lucky winner. <laughs> you one. were a lucky winner. <laughs> um, we also raffled off a kayak. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were lucky enough that uh, Dick's Sporting Goods donated the kayak oh, to us. Oh, is that how you got it? Good. Yes, yes. And um, currently we're planning the holiday village walk. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a way for us to raise some funds that will go directly into the Heritage Fund that helps um, augment also um, expenses, but it also will provide us with match funds for grants. Um, Because we are a town entity, we are not considered a 501c3, so we don't get to apply for the multitude of grants that you see out there that are available. Um, There's only a small percentage of those that are available to municipalities, and so we only qualify for a certain few things. And you um, took a class on grant writing, or more than one class? I did. I did the certificate program at UNH um, to be able to write grants. Um, We actually worked with a few different grant systems to learn how to use them, and learn how to look into, it's it's legal, I promise, uh, mm-hmm. corporations, 990s, mm-hmm. so that we can see who they're donating to and actually send letters asking for funds from mm-hmm. different corporations that, that fund many things, um, including, you know, just fire suppression systems. If we can't get something for the whole building, we may be able to find somebody that would be willing to finance this part or fund Mm -hmm. this part of the project. So it's very much going to be a piecemeal project to get it done, um, just using what little funds we have available to us at different times. Mm -hmm. And, And you mentioned the town hall, but... Um, there, you can also protect any building structure field within the within our town if it's a historic absolutely marker. Yes, absolutely. Um, because I'm talking with you right now. Say your water tower would be something that if you were interested in having it protected. Oh, I am. You could come to our, our meetings. Put me and on the agenda. <laughs> you could come to one of our meetings that I will, if you want me to put you on the next agenda, I'll get you on it. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially, there will be some work on your part. Any community member is welcome to come to us if they mm-hmm. have something. Um, rock walls, barns, um, you know, probably even, say, the trow sawmill and different things along those lines. If, if, the community wants those preserved. We can work directly to add them to the state historic register. The we could do the national if if somebody chose. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is is protects your property. And um, we may, if you wanted to restore that one day, be able to apply for grant funds to do that. Um, we have not had the opportunity as yet to do that for anyone in town. So. Mm-hmm. If you're serious, I would love to have you in, and Absolutely. we'll make you our guinea pig. Oh, you're deadly serious about it. I am deadly serious about it. It's a you know, an important landmark in our town that we haven't been able to find any any help for. But okay, and so right now, how is the town hall product? project status going? Do you have any grants in the in the works? We have um, $45,000 in grants in the work at in the works at this time. Um, the Heritage Fund is just a little 
um, just around 50,000 right now. So that's basically all we have the money on hand to be able to match. But um, we applied for $10,000 to the Moose Plate program and we asked LCHIP for 35,000 again this year um, to repair the windows. The roof was replaced on the town hall last year. So the windows is the next logical step because we're missing glass and mm -hmm. they're very drafty and they allow rain and snow and ice and that gets inside the building and it actually damages more. Mm -hmm. So we are attempting right now to um, replace those windows and um, get some, some more protection from the elements in general. Um, we have met with a um, preservation architect out of Portsmouth who is involved with the New Hampshire Preservation Alliance and we've asked her to come in and update the C.P. Williams plan that the town has already had. We were told last year that typically um, grantors like for those studies to be under five years. Um, I think we can all agree, you know, the cost of supplies has gone up quite a bit mm -hmm. in five years, but also there may have been other damages. Um, that have happened within five years. So grantors typically are looking for it to be less than five years. That's not a hard and fast rule, but um, with this preservation architect that we are working with, um, one of the comments that we had received last year when we applied for LCHIP is that the document that we do have is just too large. It's approximately 130 pages, I think, and it encompasses all of the town buildings, which is what the plan was at that time, was to restore all of the town buildings together. Mm -hmm. um, right now, that's no longer the plan, as it was explained to us. So we are only working on the town hall. And when we submitted for the roof, we were told, you know, there's a few sentences on this page and a few sentences on this page, and there may be 60 pages in between them. And it makes it very difficult for grantors to go through, find specifically what they're looking for, and say there is absolutely a need. So we are working with um, a new architect, and we are applying for another grant with um, the NHPA, New Hampshire Preservation Alliance, to help us fund this new study that will utilize not only the C.P. Williams plan, but also the DEW um, Mm -hmm. drawings. They have been given access to the comments that were sent in from the community um, regarding those plans and in their contract they've offered us two separate public meetings with the community to be able to also add their input as well. That's wonderful. So Heritage Commission pays for that architect work? Who pays for the architect? The back? Heritage Commission, it will come out of funds from the Heritage Commission and a grant if we get it. So you can't move forward because the 50000 that you already have is designated for grant matching, not for architect work. Correct. Um, so you kind of have to win on one of these grants. Absolutely. To move forward. Okay. Absolutely. Win. Win. You can do it. Win. All right. That's, that's a good... People recap. might be surprised to hear that we are cheering for the town hall um, renovation success. Absolutely. You know, that the fundraising for that is it's very different from the library project. We're a mm -hmm. new building. Your restoration, we want it to be gorgeous and perfection. And um, that first plan fell short of gorgeous and perfection, And but keep working and keep grant writing. And seven to save was an awesome designation to receive. 
um, one of the seven most important things in the state of New Hampshire to save yeah. our town hall. And and when people say knock it down, start over, no, oh, no, stand up when people no, say right. things like that. So mm-hmm. uh, we are definitely on team renovation. For and, sure. Right. I'm happy to hear that um, all the public comments were sent along yes. and are being taken into consideration because I know that sometimes when you're in a small town, um, people might feel like, well, what kind of difference can I make? And they might not be happy. They weren't happy with that second plan, clearly. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm very um, encouraged to hear that the community comments are being taken into consideration. Oh, yeah. You're only going to get a better project with more, mm-hmm. you know, at some point. I mean, too many witches, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, in the beginning, <laughs> take all the ideas and filter. Right. You know, take the best of what people said. Absolutely. And we found when looking through those comments that a lot of the comments were the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems that the community mm-hmm. really doesn't want to lose the stage upstairs. And, I'm so glad. Um, you know, even looking back to that C.P. Williams report, it mentions that there is unique architectural features upstairs that we should not lose Um, and I know the conversation at the time with that DEW plan was let's put some glass in and that way you can still see it Um, but unfortunately part of that plan um, I should disclose this is a personal opinion but part of that plan discussed removing the stage and turning that into a meeting room and leaving the facade but no longer having an actual stage Um, And I personally think that that would be very sad. Um, That's not something that everybody in the community agrees with, obviously. And I think, yes, nobody can see me. I'm nodding my head this whole time that that you're talking. But I I think there are so many things with this building that are special and should be saved. And something that maybe not a lot of people in town know is that that building was built um, approximately 20 years before the town was even founded. And it was built with timbers that were donated by the people who came and settled in this town. From their farms, they brought their own you know, timber and, and built us a meeting house, and, and they did. And that was in use before the floor was even laid. They just had the outside mm-hmm. put up and people were meeting inside. And I mean, it's just the it's grants write such, themselves. Right? <laughs> like, it's such a big part of our community, if only, we all know the history of it, and um, some of us are much more interested in history than others, but um, it really is a big deal to the town, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I agree. I, we agree. I it, didn't know that about the Timbers. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool I think, story. and the, the church across the street, um, a stone building, part of it was built with stones from people in the community brought stones from their field. Oh, I didn't know and, that well, it's amazing. It's amazing what um, a town can do when they work together. So, yes, I agree. Absolutely. Agree. And so that kind of segues into my next question because you are also the chair of the Historic District Commission. Which That's I correct. Sit. <laughs> and um, so we're just curious, what is your passion for for that group and for history in general? I just love history. I, I don't really know that I can articulate it. Mm-hmm. I grew up um, very close to my grandmother who was also into history. She had the whole family genealogy uh, going way back years to somewhere along the line, somehow, we're related to Franklin Pierce. And she knows or knew, and I don't, Mm -hmm. but um, 
they lived in a small town in Michigan um, called St. Joseph, if anybody wants to look it up, um, that was ultimately, I'm going to use the word founded, it's probably not correct, Mm -hmm. but um, my maiden name is Preston, and the Preston family was very big in that town, as a matter of fact. Since we're sitting in the library right now, the the library in St. Joseph is the Maud Preston Polanski Library. There you it go, your yeah. library royalty. <laughs> it was donated to the town by a great aunt or something along those lines. Yes, and another woman. Another woman, they all are running it. <laughs> uh, but so I just grew up, you know, I don't know, surrounded by these um, old buildings. We had the Preston Lumber Company and things along those lines that are now history. And and I just loved to hear the stories that my grandparents would tell about that. And I just got into it. I don't know how to articulate it beyond that. I think that that you've done a fine job. And so now that you you are here, um, and we've talked about this before, Sometimes you feel like a, a newcomer. We're all relatively new. Oh my new, gosh, we're new. Newcomers. I've, I've, I've only been here for 18 years. So it's like I, you know, just. You're a baby. I'm a baby. <laughs> um, but you're bringing that passion. Um, we sat here at this table and, and you told us things that we didn't know. And so, like you said, if you can get that information out to the people, it becomes, these places become more precious to them as mm-hmm. well. Yes. And so I think mm. what you're doing is very important work. So good job. Thank you. Please do tell us about an upcoming event, the Postcard Holiday Walking Tour on December 11th. Could you please tell we us about that? We got our postcard. Mm-hmm. I can tell you about it. We're actually very excited. That's an idea that came up at the Historic District Commission meeting. Um, from somebody sitting in this room uh, (laughs) who may have mentioned a desire to do this. And um, I love it. I love the idea of it. And I love the idea of getting the community back together again. We've been so separate for so long. And last year's tree lighting was virtual. I think, you know, this just brings people in together again for the community. And I just, want so much to have a successful event where the we've now partnered with four different entities um, the historic district commission the heritage commission the historical society and the library will be working together on this event and ultimately right now the idea is that um, we'll have the community meet at the town hall um, maybe have some hot cider and and get yourselves warmed up for a nice little walk through the village. And we, at this time, have 12 homes that have confirmed that they will be participating. Excellent. That's um, a nice number. Will you yeah. stop at all 12, or will you just stop at the historic homes? We will not stop at all 12. Um, some of them that actually have participated have, have contacted me and said, did you mean to send me a postcard? I don't own a historic home. Because you sent to everyone in the historic district. Correct. We sent to everyone in the historic and district. And how many homes are in the historic district? We have 70 homes and businesses within the, the but it's true. Not every house is old in right. in the district. So, so you sent to question. them to see, would you like to be on this tour? or Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, part of the tour, I think, and the part of the community feel will have, um, you know, it'll be after dark. 
light your homes mm -hmm. and decorate your yards. We will not come inside. We will not step off of the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but just that atmosphere of I the lights. I would be inspired to decorate more, but not be a part of the tour. Like, I might be like, okay, I'm going to put a better wreath on. I'm mm -hmm. going to, like, clean up my, you know, lights a little bit. Well, That's how do we know, how does the community know how to participate in this? Can you tell us the importance? So details? we have posted it on Facebook, obviously. Um, that's our first line of communication with, with the community. We don't have our own web page. Um, mm -hmm. and do you have a page on the website? We do have a page on the website. On the it's, oh, okay. Yes, on I the town. I might there if I heard they were doing something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, so we, actually that's where we are selling our tickets. Um, and can I encourage print posters again? Yeah. I don't know when we decided that print posters weren't worth it for events, but like we have a community board here mm -hmm. and um, Francis Town sent us the most amazing event poster at the end of the summer for their whatever Labor Day weekend. It was awesome and more yeah. people stopped and looked at that. Mm -hmm. I thought we've got to do print posters again yeah. for community events because yes, we know people are on Facebook, not everybody. Right. Someone told us today they don't even open our newsletter link. Oh, a library they lover. lover. A library lover is like, ah, I get 100 emails. And I just got wish it was in print. Mm -hmm. Right? And she's like, I wish it was in print. Yeah. So I'm going to encourage print posters I, again well, for any I think and it's all important. events. When I drive down to Hollis, for instance, mm -hmm. if they're having old home days, guess what? You're going to know about it. Because yes. <laughs> they have those political little signs. political signs, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, with the wire. All up and down yeah. the town. You would have Six to be dollars for a Staples poster. A blind it's not person, a lot of money. not they're to not, know about it. They're right. not. Um, and, and no, I, I think that is something that that we may end up because your postcard towards. was beautiful. It was beautiful. Well, and I have extras. And there's some um, at the post office. There's a spot to yep. put things on. I have extras right. to post there. Um, well, yeah, once you get your list and you can say mm -hmm, how many yeah. sites, because I know you, you pushed it out at a time where you weren't even sure like who was on the map or when we were leaving, right. so now like you kind of have more. Right, we have a little more information. We have a planning meeting scheduled for tomorrow night I'm with all four that. entities. I'm going to. Because <laughs> um, we want people to come in here, even though all the sites are closed. Like you might need a little warm-up spot, but our outside is you know minimalist and the yeah. inside is really like the ta-da yeah you know so if people want to take a peek in here because people come in here for Halloween they're like I've never been in here I've lived here for 15 years oh no like, what a shame <laughs> <laughs> no and, and that's we'll be discussing all of those things in the planning meeting tomorrow um I do have extra postcards that will be posted. Unfortunately, the postcard is more worded it's as an invite. invitation yeah, yeah, to, yeah, participate. Yeah, yeah. to participate. So there's not a whole lot of ticketing information on it. Um, so we do want to um, get something a little bit better out right. there um, that has more information on it. This is a fundraising event. That's so important to communicate too because someone much could say, I'm just going to walk around for free. You can. Well, we I've, have I've had that <laughs> said to me. We, so what we intend to do, and again, this is planning meeting tomorrow, so mm -hmm. I can't tell you what's set in stone. I am keeping a list. I am the person when you email the Heritage Commission, you're emailing me and we have a list so far. We will create a walk 
tour, mm-hmm. but I have already had people say to me, like, well, I can just go walk the village and look at the lights myself for free. But you're well, not going to hear can. the history of you're this not get a docent. Right. You're not going to get a docent to tell you about the timbers and right? the rocks. Right Absolutely. Right. And, and that's something that I think adds, adds value. Um, I know it's been mentioned before. I've never heard it personally, but it's been mentioned that there are questions because we have this heritage fund Mm -hmm. and the town does not control those funds. Um, What happens to my money when it gets Ah. added to the heritage fund? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm glad that I had the opportunity to explain what happens to it um, and why we need more. Um, But then also the proceeds from this event and all the other events that we hold for fundraising go to that. And that helps us pay for these architectural studies or add to our grant matching funds and things along those lines. It's not, we get to go have a team lunch somewhere. Ah, like that's that's not our money. Great. Um, and it really is only to benefit the town. So tickets, you asked um, Joanne, are $10 for adults mm-hmm. and $5 for children that are 10 years old or older. Mm-hmm. Anybody under 10 years old is free. I assume it's probably a lot more work for the parents to have to take them and listen to history mm-hmm. than it is for the older You'll kids. You'll have families, though. Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. And they're welcome. And we would love to see them. But I don't... And I have a five-year-old. And I can tell you, he is six now. I apologize. <laughs> he just had his birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> we... Um, don't really get him interested in all of the historic things that we do, especially when there's a Christmas tree to be lit right down the street. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, that's right. Worth mentioning. That's going to happen right after. Correct. So two yep. for one on that day. Yes. <laughs> and, and we planned it that way on purpose. We figured you're already going to be coming out. Um, let's see if we can get everybody together a little bit earlier. Currently, the walk, we have one walk planned for 530. And we're assuming it's going to take about an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, if we have a large number of signups, we will split that walk up. And it's getting dark early. You might be able to start. Yeah, sunset I, that day is four eleven. Yeah, I've looked ahead. You can kick it off at right four fifteen, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we were thinking. Right, you know, maybe if if somebody off. wanted um, with young children to not be so dark and everything, maybe we could do that. Again, we have the planning meeting tomorrow, so we'll we'll so have more plans. information to <laughs> to go over. Um, but yes, definitely, there is a very good possibility that there will be extra tours added, and we've got a good hour window before that that we can do that. We could meet as early as four o'clock at the town hall while it's dusk and get checked in, get everything sorted out, and then start heading out. Maybe another idea is we could have multiple docents and stagger the tours by about 15 minutes and do a million. So it um, mm-hmm. wouldn't really be a million, right. but you know. Are there docents mm-hmm. from the Historical Society? They are. The mm-hmm. docents are from the Historical Society. They will have specific homes and structures that they will speak at. Um, and one to two minutes. Where it's not going to be a super in-depth Mm-hmm. discussion on the whole at home um they will be on site and they reprinted i believe it was from 1975 oh the person stays at the location they oh, don't so, move with the group. so no, no 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 the docents will go with them but we will have a table for them set up at the town hall they have a mont vernon book of households that they reprinted um it was originally done i believe in 1975 and it lists 
the historic homes and properties in the town and gives a, a history of them. So um, much work went into that book and mm-hmm. the cemetery book a and lot. the hotel books. I can't even imagine duplicating them now. Mm. Right? It's it was a lot and 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 uh, to be honest, it wasn't cheap. And those um, books, how are those books being utilized for the? They walk. will sell them um, to anybody that wants to buy them. Mm-hmm. The Heritage Commission has agreed for the homes that participate in the walk, those historic district homes that decorate whether they're historic or not, or the homes that we stop at. Those homes in, in payment for um, participating, we will provide them with one book. Um, it's a commemorative. There's a nice little sticker on it. Oh, everyone it's should have one. A commemorative Lovely. sticker, uh, commemorative book. Um, if they ever household. show up in the book sale, I'm like, score. Like, <laughs> they moved and they left it in mm-hmm. their used books. Right? Yeah. No, it's a great little book. I've got them in my possession already. So we will have them. They will have them on site that night if anybody wants to purchase them. Good. And um, this just in. The Heritage Commission is working on a 2022 Mont Vernon calendar. Praise Yay. Jesus! Yay. Yay. Um, we'll have one right behind the desk. Absolutely. And we um, have chosen 12 pictures from the community. I've reached out to community members that maybe posted a gorgeous picture on the chatter, and I asked for their permission to use them. Mm-hmm. They get photo credit um, and all of that. But oh, And we'd celebrity. like to make that a yearly thing that we do. We intend, if things work out with the printer, to have them on site for the um, walk as well. So mm-hmm. anybody that wants to come down and pick one up, we'll be selling them for twenty dollars. Pre-orders, mm-hmm. pre-orders. I would pre-orders. like one of those, please. Uh, we sold wreaths one year, but the pre-orders mm-hmm. made all our money because everybody was busy. I don't have twenty dollars in my pocket, you know. So the pre-orders. I might need more than one. Yeah, wow. I have people in my family that. <clears throat> like this town a lot yes people that visit we have partnered um, with a printer that actually allows us to offer an online store so anybody that wants to pre-order they're not complete yet as Mm -hmm. soon as they're complete I will put a link out I promise Mm -hmm. Um, but they will allow customers to purchase online from them perfect it's the same price as we are charging for them. Mm-hmm. There will be shipping charges involved, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But if you want to order online, anybody can order. Well, because so. you never know the weather on tree lighting night. Yep. You know, people are like, you know, it's true. Or it's a hot night and people are doing something else. You know, you just never know. Absolutely. So your audience is weather dependent that night. Yeah. So Pre orders would be. Well, that's, that's exciting. I can't wait to see Yay, it. Yay. We idea. will have physical copies on hand, though. So okay. if anybody needs one then or. You know, before or after then. Sign me up. Right. Here's your Christmas present. Oh, now if anyone's listening, sorry. All right, we got to get to the speed oh, round. Okay. We said we oh, were speed round. Oh, no. I have a couple of the questions pressure. for you. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. I would like to know the last book you've read. The last book was Dark River Inn by J.R. Erickson. Mm. Oh, is that like a Amy, do you know that book? I don't. Oh, oh my gosh, it's, you tricked the reader. It's great, actually. Again, Joanne, Michigan. The author is from Michigan, mm-hmm. and oh. she is um, very into the paranormal. And she oh. finds paranormal stories um, that are maybe, maybe ur- urban legends, maybe not. And she creates a book 
a story about it cool. and kind of explains the situation. Does so. she write more than one? Is this oh, she's series? got a bunch. She's Ooh. got a bunch. It's the it's called Dark River. What? It's the Dark River Inn, and I forget the name of. I think the we have some paranormal series. fans in the town that always want to hear about ghosts in the. Village. And they take place in Michigan. Are you kidding? Me? They take place in Michigan. Um, not all of them take place in Michigan, <laughs> but there's do. definitely ties to Michigan. Well, um, and it's the Troubled Spirits series. Okay. All right, ring that bell. That's all right, here we go. <laughs> Favorite Thanksgiving side dish. All of them. <laughs> Thanksgiving really? is my You're favorite holiday. You're coming to my house. You can only bring your favorite thing. What is it? What is my favorite you brie. No, oh thing. Your favorite thing. My favorite. I don't have a favorite. Really? Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday. What I make to, all the What if you have to get rid of one? It would be something boring like corn. I don't know. Corn. I agree. <laughs> Why door. just corn? Why? Oh, no. Corn never makes it to mine. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Yes. Secret talent. It's not keeping secret. <laughs> um, She's dropping the tea. <laughs> I don't have a secret talent. Nothing. I love to cook. I see. I think you're you bake amazing bread. Right. I do, and but that's not a secret. Not I own a business not for it. Knows that. <laughs> not everybody knows that. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. Oh. I, I bake. Life. I cook. I quilt. I crochet. I these are all secrets. Um, will not starve if I end up in a predominantly Spanish-speaking country. So is that right? I won't starve. <laughs> she can say all the Spanish. <laughs> I, can, I can eat and I can go to the bathroom. That's all I really need That's to do. Really, <laughs> isn't that all? Anyway, sad job. Very good. All right. Here, here's the next question: White lights or colored? Oh God. Um. The 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 blue white lights. Not the cool colored white lights, not the hot colored li- white lights. The, the hot ones are warm. Warm, warm you, yeah. You like the so yellow like one? No, I like the bluer ones. You like the blue ones? Oh, very specific. The search is crazy at Christmas time. <laughs> um, I'm noticing that LED is taking over the world, and you know I'm anti-LED. I know. Mm, I'm like gonna this. be one of those people. I, if you go into my house, I'm gonna stockpile light bulbs. <laughs> you don't need food; you need good lighting. Yeah, I like all Christmas lights. I will say, but for me, I like those those nice those blue, blue white, white ones. Oh. And my husband likes the colored ones. So Christmas mm. is always battle royale. Last more time to decorate. Mm. Yeah. And our last question is: What is your favorite holiday movie? Oh my goodness! You don't have one. I have one. I have one. I have lots. Mm. I don't know if I have a favorite. You're sitting down with the family. You get to pick one movie. What is it? Is there any one movie you have to watch on Halloween? I mean, on Christmas. <laughs> on Christmas? <laughs> I don't watch any movies on Christmas because mm-hmm. I'm too busy cooking. But um, every year on Thanksgiving, we have to start the tradition of listening to Alice's Restaurant Massacre. If anybody knows that, Arlo Guthrie. It's a good 26 minutes of your life that you'll never get back, but we have uh-huh. to do it every year. Uh-huh. And then we watch Christmas Vacation. There you go. Oh. <laughs> that is your favorite right um, there. What's yours? Well, it's White Christmas and Elf. Both. Mm-hmm. Amy? I have to do both. I like Elf. And the Otter Struck Band Christmas. I knew that. I knew that. I've got to watch it. I've never seen it. Mine is Family Stone. I know. Yep. I know. That's I have, a good one, too. I have it's to a watch cry. those. It's a tearjerker yeah. mm-hmm. and a laugher. But mm-hmm. um, this is all good because we have to get ready for the holidays. It's coming. We're it's gonna, coming quick. We are going to get back on the podcast train. And our next podcast we've scheduled with Madison. She's only going to be here to hold our hand. She's not going to do it for we us. We can do it. We can do it. I am going to learn this skill. So December 14th, get ready for our holiday 
podcast, Amy's Best of Year Recommendations, right? Yeah, I think We're going to tell you everything good that happened at the PTA Light Show, the success and perfect weather we had on Tree Lighting, <laughs> and the walking tour. And um, I'm looking forward to that. So thank you, everybody, for coming back to the podcast. And Thanks thank so much Madison, for joining us. And we'll see you next time. Or you'll, we'll hear you next we'll time. We'll hear you next time. <laughs> yes. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.